This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And a very warm welcome back to Solidarity Breakfast. A left response to the major developments in capitalism. What they trade in is not wheat. They trade in famine. A little dose of revolutionary optimism. I think it's really important to sort of express solidarity globally. It really is a deal by corporations for corporations. The union forever defending our rights down with the black leg. If you think the ABC's left wing, don't listen to this program. Solidarity Breakfast, 7.30 to 9am Saturdays, 3CR, 8.55am. Streaming and 3CR digital, podcast or audio on demand. And of course, the website, solidaritybreakfast.org.au. Solidarity forever! Good morning everybody, this is Annie. There's been a little bit of a technical glitch because we're on a new system, but we'll get there in the end. Um, today, uh, I've just had to move from one studio to another, so I'm a little bit unprepared. I was beautifully prepared before all that happened, but um, there's a variety of things happening today uh, that uh, I want to uh, tell you about. One of them is a motorcade, which is uh, happening down Sydney Road, uh, organised by a variety of people that are actually attached to 3CR, but this is in their normal uh, activist mode. Motorcade for Palestine, Saturday the 9th of December today, live broadcast through 3CR Community Radio. Let's hope you've got your community radio app. Meet at 8.30am at Faulkner Cemetery in your vehicles. Tune in to uh, 8 5 5 a.m. on your radio or on your app and turn up the volume to build a wall of sound through the streets of uh, the city, burn through the city to amplify the voices for free Palestine. They're departing from Faulkner Cemetery at 9am and they're going to disperse at 11am. So we're going to have a yarn with... them on the way there to remind you that it's all happening. Jacob Gretsch is going to tune in and give us a call, a call up and give us a lowdown of what's going on as the cars uh, join together. He also said that, of course, if you're not a person who's got wheels, you could go down there and probably hitch a ride, but also you could get on your bike and go to the Bell Reserve. You could walk along and cheer. It's uh, just bring your radio or bring your phone with the app and uh, join in with the fun to raise the voices of people who are concerned concerned about what's going on. This Saturday morning, December 9th, help us build a solid wall of sound for a free Palestine. The Motorcade for Palestine assembles at 8.30am at Faulkner Cemetery for a 9am departure down Sydney Road. Be there in your car with your Palestinian flags flying and tune in to Community Radio 3CR on 855am. Crank up your radio and wind your windows down and let's turn the whole of Sydney Road into one solid call for a free Palestine. Speakers will be announced on Instagram at renegadesolidarity.audioforce. Supported by Community Radio 3CR, Free Palestine Melbourne and Renegade Activists.
And of course, there's been lots of actions going on around the Palestinian issue. And uh, uh, we're going to take you to some of those actions. Uh, there was a, another st- uh, Students for Palestine uh, event that happened on Thursday. Uh, it started at the steps of uh, the Flinders Street station, which was an interesting development in the middle of the city at 1pm. Uh, quite a lot of people. Uh, but... Uh, so I've got a speaker from there, but I also uh, had a chance to speak to John Saffron, who happened to be there as well, to catch his views on what's been going on. Uh, we uh, also, uh, then we're going to catch up with Jacob, Jacob Gretsch, who's preparing the uh, to... Uh, uh, get everybody in order down at Faulkner Cemetery at 8.30. Um, so, but uh, we're going to catch up at 8 to remind you about what's going on. Uh, we also, you might have also heard that uh, they have uh, allowed, in Western Australia, they've uh, given Woodside the go-ahead to do seismic testing for their mega Burrup hub uh, over there. It's an absolute scandal. And I caught up with uh, a uh, uh, with um, uh, Raylene uh, Cooper Cooper, who is one of the traditional owners. She's just so furious; it's unbelievable. So we're going to hear a little bit about that. Uh, this is the week that was. Of course, Kevin's got lots to talk about this week. Uh, we catch up with Jacob again. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, the Sydney uh, Palestinian rally uh, that happened on the weekend. Uh, It uh, was, of course, Human Rights Day last weekend. Um, It uh, obviously requires many people to stand up to remind the world that human rights are important and not to mention um, (laughs) the environment is important as well. You may have seen that there's been a lot of actions around town in relation to COP28. Talk about uh, a perfect name, COP Out um, 28, uh, in the belly of the beast, uh, off in Dubai, the... uh, uh, land of um, oil and fossil fuel, all those big guns who just think that it is pigs in swill uh, to be amongst themselves. They're congratulating themselves on how they're destroying the earth. Extinction Rebellion uh, are having actions all around the place to remind people that the environment is actually our only planet and our only safety there are a couple of really fascinating things that happened over the weekend uh, or alerted to um, over at the beginning of the week. One of them was this really rather disgusting thing that happened in Ballarat, which was um, the uh, parading of around 30 um, Nazis in regalia and black outfits, which are the same kind of outfits we saw when uh, P- uh, P- Posey Parker came and talked to uh, on the steps of Parliament uh, when there was a major rally against them. Uh, the um, it was reported in the World Socialist website that uh, by uh, Oscar Green Grenfell that. Um, 
in a disturbing incident around 30 Nazis of the National Socialist Network marched through the regional Victorian city of Ballarat, northwest of Melbourne on Sunday. They chanted fascist slogans including Australia for the white man and generally created an atmosphere of menace. The ostensible purpose of the rally was to commemorate the anniversary of the 1854 Eureka Stockade in Ballarat, shame upon shame, that uh, the uh, far right has attempted to appropriate the legacy of that uprising, presenting it as a birth of Australian nationalism. It's just disgraceful. In fact, the stockade was a rebellion by impoverished miners against the companies and state authorities that exploited them. It had nothing to do with an Australian nation-state which was not established until 1901 and was led by a diverse group of workers including an African-American and several Jewish labourers. Absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And uh, Joe Toscano from Talk Back With Attitude has, who has for many years held um, Eureka celebrations was saying on uh, Talk Back With Attitude on Thursday that he reviles the police for not stepping in and doing what it is that they are supposed to do uh, for uh, to protect the community from such outrageous people who are besmirching our streets. Um, the other thing that happened, which is on a, a much more uh, sort of positive note, but... Um, an interesting thing, First Nations children and parents have launched landmark class actions against the Queensland government for their systemic failure to reunite families removed under child protection laws. The cases allege Queensland's Department of Child Safety, Seniors and Disability Services breached the Racial Discrimination Act 1975 and failed to follow the child placement principle in the Child Protection Act 1999, Queensland by refusing or failing to reunite or restore family relations, failing to support children within the system to learn and practice their culture, language or maintain their connection to country and failing to place children with Indigenous family members. Bottoms English Lawyers Special Counsel, that's the people handling the class action, Jerry Tucker, is leading the class action which cover First Nation parents and children across Queensland. The case... The cases do not make allegations about departmental decisions to remove a child, but instead focus on their actions once the child is removed, specifically the actions taken when placing a child in the care of others and actions taken when families attempt to reunite with removed children, Ms Tucker said. We expect that the evidence will demonstrate a deeply concerning culture of failing to or refusing to reunite or restore family relationships between removed children and their parents even after the parents have wholly or substantially complied with the department's stipulated conditions. This is something that has been uh, continually pointed out by people who uh, are um, involved or affected by this particular issue uh, that uh, people are not being returned to uh, their people even when they've actually complied uh, with the uh, orders that have been put to them. Uh, the um, There's been a call for people, unionists, to join the uh, 
the rally for Palestine tomorrow at the steps outside the State Library. It's uh, been a call from um, Trades Hall, but a variety of different um, uh, uh, unions. Uh, they're rallying uh, under their different flags tomorrow, so uh, meet them there at 12. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. As I said, uh, you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast on 3CR, your community radio station. And uh, on uh, Thursday, I went down to uh, the uh, Flinders Street Station steps and I heard from Students for Palestine. It was a, a, There were a lot of them there and uh, this was the opening um, speech. Before we get started, I just want to acknowledge that this rally today is happening on stolen land, on Aboriginal land that was never ceded. And we who want to fight for Palestine stand in solidarity with Indigenous people in their ongoing fight against the racist Australian state. Always was, always will be. Always was, always will be. So since we were here last, the truce has come to an end and the horrors have only gotten worse. In 24 hours, Israel has slaughtered 700 Palestinians. Shame! There is not one fully functional hospital in the Gaza Strip. Not one! Dozens were told to flee to the south. On the way to the south, they were bombed. Once they got to the south, they were bombed again. And now the IDF is saying that the south is the main target. Leaflets have been dropped on the south of Gaza telling Palestinians to flee or to die. But there is nowhere to go. No place in Gaza is safe. Tanks have been rolled into Khan Yunus, which is the second biggest city on the Gaza Strip. After Israel raised the biggest Palestinian city to the ground, it's going after another one. And people might have seen on the news a picture going around of the Gaza Strip mapped into tiny subdivisions. America, Australia, all the diplomats in the world are saying this is some kind of victory that Israel is telling 
Gazans in these quadrants to flee. I think we have to be very clear that this is not some kind of humanitarian relief. It is a map of how they are going to ethnically cleanse the Gaza Strip. Shame! That's what this is about. That's what this so-called war has been about this whole time. The systematic destruction of Gaza, the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people. In the West Bank, too, the horror only continues. Refugee camps are raided over and over and over again. More Palestinians have been arrested than have been freed. Shame! And now, Netanyahu has made it very clear that this is far from over, that they are going to continue into next year. And for that reason, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep fighting until Palestine is free. Free, free Palestine! We're here to talk about that fight is Giselle. Giselle is a year 11 student. She's a socialist activist and one of the key organizers with School Students for Palestine. Please welcome Giselle. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! On the 23rd of November, we made history. Over 1,000 students in Melbourne walked out of school in solidarity with Palestine. Today, students all across Victoria are walking out of school or are walking out on their holidays in solidarity with Palestine. But since our last strike, we have seen what this truce has looked like. It looked like hundreds and hundreds of Palestinians being arrested. It looked like two Palestinians being shot dead in the West Bank. It looks like viral infections and diseases spreading, but there are no functioning hospitals. Shame! Shame! Israel, make sure that if you don't die from a bomb, you either starve to death or you die from a presentable, a preventable sickness. Shame! Shame! But Israel has no shame committing this genocide while the whole world watches. On Friday, the truce ended. The people in Gaza awoke to the sound of heavy gunfire and infiltration of Israeli military. Within 24 hours, a refugee camp in southern Gaza was destroyed. 700 Palestinians killed. No more aid coming through the Rafah crossing. And an 8-year-old boy and a 15-year-old boy shot dead. That is why we are here. We are here to protest for children that cannot. We are here defying not only our schools, but our government that is complicit in this genocide. We are here to make it loud and clear that we will not sit and watch Palestine disappear. We are here to make it clear that education is not a privilege, but a human right. A right that was ripped from the children of Palestine. Shame! Shame! 
these Palestinians in Gaza have been pushed further and further to the south for 75 years. This is their final step to abolish Palestine. It is more important now than ever that we are here and we will not stop coming out and we will not stop fighting until we see a free Palestine. Free, free Palestine! 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 Thank you, Giselle. That was a picture of the horror that is being unleashed in Gaza right now. And it's Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast on 3CR and down at the same rally I just happened to notice that John Safran, the uh, media commentator, was there and I thought I would have a chat with him to find out what he thought about what was going on. This is what he had to say. So John Safran, what do you think about what's going on? Here uh, today or in Israel-Palestine? Well, today and in two questions. Yes. Well, tell me about what you think. Uh, well, you know, it's always like the world is. So, so about today is like, yeah, there's lots of currents, and like I don't think it's particularly a problem that people come out and protest, and you know, so it's not like I'm not. I don't. That's not a drama for me or whatever. I think um, I'm really interested in how the ripple effect of the Israel-Palestine conflict. In a, how it's hit Australia, especially because I like work in the arts and the media, and it's like uh, it's definitely people that are timid to put a foot out step to on either side. So I don't think I, probably you you you've got and you can. There are stories of people who are like pro-Palestine saying, "Oh, listen, I can't say what I want to say because we'll have these professional consequences," but. Because the progressive, the art space and the media space is very progressive. Often, you have totally have the other version where it's like you have pro-Israel people who are like, Fuck, I, I just better not. I better bite my tongue and not say what I really think um, because there'll be professional consequences. So, yeah, it's had, it's had a really um, uh, interesting effect on, on that little world in Australia. And also because I guess it's the first conflict. I remember oh, when one of the Iraq wars where it was like the first conflict 
that was on TV, like before beforehand, it was like the Vietnam War is like people are shooting on film, and then they have to get on, they have to put the film on planes, and then it comes yeah, and yeah. blah blah blah. And then it was like everyone was really their mind was blown that things were happening so quick um, with the Iraq War. So now even more so with the uh, with social media is like um, yeah, it's just, it's just having. Um, yeah, it's just having a, like a, a huge impact about how the world's perceived, and people, according to their algorithms, they're either going to be directed one way or the other, and it's just going to be, um, you know, it's, it's going to take up more and more of their headspace, and they're not going to be able to, like, avoid it. If you know what I mean. Like, like I, I just know personally, sort of like, if you're on YouTube and you start hitting a thing like, oh. Um, when did The Simpsons stop being funny? Then, then it's sort of like you go into this algorithm, and then you've spent two hours at night watching all these things. And then you wake up the next morning, and you somehow think the whole world has been discussing this thing, which is just like what what you, has been your headspace for the last night. So how much more so when it comes to like a war? However, there is a reality. I mean, people are really actually dying. Yeah, sure, totally. Yeah. yeah, I'm not denying people are dying. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, the way I, I find it incredibly depressing that um, this should be allowed to happen at all. Yeah, obviously I'm like, yeah, I'm against, yeah, totally. Like I'm against um, yeah. death. So it's sort of like, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not on the pro-death side of things. And uh, yeah, but it's, um, it's really... Um, uh, you know, like above and beyond the war, like the way it's sort of, I, I, I think it's a seismic shift and whatever that is going to be, like I don't think this is like a little event that happens, like you know. No, I don't either, I don't think it is know, either. Yeah, yeah, like I think, I think it's sort of, and, and also the interesting thing, also the age difference where you have older people and they've, for better or worse, uh, in different ways they've got sort of like, they can have a different perspective because they've experienced things or they've seen things or they've read things or whatever. And then for, like, for younger people, um, I, I think people on the pro-Israel side might, might be surprised that like younger people could, like, they haven't even grown up. I, I, I was in this uh, space, this like Zoom thing where it was like local pro-Palestine activists talking about what happened in Caulfield. Um, where there was a, a, fra know, a, a yeah, fracas. Yeah. Yeah. And what was really interesting to me, or one of the interesting things was that some of the younger people, they hadn't grown up in the shadow of 9-11 or the Iraq no, war. Yeah, yeah. So they were like Muslim Australians. And this was the first time they were... Aware. They, they were, they've like experienced like the sharp end edge of Islamophobia. And you had slightly older people who did experience like the shadow of 9-11. So they had these Muslim Australians and they're going, from their perspective, this is what they, what they were talking about, they were going, oh, yeah, there was like, Muslims were the villains after 9-11, but then there was like, there's been a lull for a decade, this was their perspective and, or whatever, and, but now it's popped up again. So it just, um, yeah, and I, I think that would be, like, like for someone a bit older, you kind of go, oh, wouldn't all Muslims just be saying they've grown up experiencing Islamophobia, but some of the younger ones they haven't. Or the, sorry, they say they haven't because 
it's just been well, a different backdrop. Chris, yeah. they don't see it that way. Yeah. Well, this business is about goodies and baddies. I mean, what? this thing about goodies and baddies, it's yeah. so basic and so primitive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do find, like, just... Um, one thing I'm surprised about is, as a Jewish person, is that sometimes people, like, on the left and in the Muslim community, they kind of go, oh, listen, this isn't... We don't have a problem with Jewish people. It's about Israel-Palestine. It's about the settlement, da-da-da-da-da. But then, and I don't know how much they're thinking it through that much, like, and what's... But then it's like, they kind of do expand it a bit more. So, for instance, I'll give you one example. If, if you're, like, uh, of white people or European people, they're more problematic, like in Australia in 2023, they're more problematic than people who aren't that, right? As soon as you do that, it kind of ties up into a nice little bow of, like, well, actually, I know we said... It was about Israel and Palestine, but actually we've now got an argument why Jews, who are like presenters European, that they're actually, maybe they're, they're also a bit of a problem here in Australia too, more so than like, you know. Um, that that would things. explain these posters, which I kind of think are a throwback, but obviously it a, 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 presses a nerve. These posters that are around the place saying, I'm a Jew with a picture of a person, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking... But really, you're missing the point. It's about all these people being murdered and it's got nothing to do with the fact that you're, you're identifiably a real person. To me, that's the issue is that the issue isn't actually about any of it. It's about genocide. Yeah. That's what it's about. So what do you think? I know the woman who did that campaign. Yeah. So what, what, what's, what's your perspective? Well, my perspective is that it's all old hat. I mean... I, people needing to feel that uh, people dislike a Jewish person because they're identifying them as Jewish as opposed to being real people. Um, for me, I know they're real people. Yeah. I don't need to be told that they're good, you know, that they're people. Yeah. I don't I, think that is even the issue. I think it's out of step. I think it's old hat. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it's old hat because, no, I, I think that's responding to... I've spoken to her. That's responding to this charge that um, Jews uh, have dissolved, they're just white and whatever. And she's, yeah, yeah, she, she, she's like a non-white Jew and so she was like going, well, seeing you're kind of trying to make this particular point that Jews are white, like no, no, here, no, here are all yeah. the Jews who aren't white. Oh yeah, no, I mean even down to, I find it difficult, I mean, I find it difficult to see Jewish people as being a race as opposed to a, a, a religious culture, Yeah. you know, because I come from a Catholic background, but um, Irish Catholic as opposed to Italian Catholic or yeah. South American Catholic or you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah, sure. I don't see it in that light but of course I, I well yeah we did get our own um, but nothing in terms of historical pogroms for Jewish people yeah. but I mean Catholics were got the pointy end of the stick <laughs> I mean I they I'm, can decide who they don't like at any stage you know Depending that, on I mean, power. That, I mean, that might be one of these the cultural shifts that happens because yeah. of this, which is we'll get into a post-identity politics world where. Yeah. But but it hasn't been a post-identity politics world for the past five to ten years. So like, if if non-Jews are going to make a particular point that Jews should be excluded from a space because they're white, as opposed to. Well, I, I think that's diversionary. I think that's just personally. I think that's diversionary. Oh, I think a, it's a bad debt. I yeah, think yeah. it's purely about the practicalities of killing a whole lot of people yeah. um, for the power interests of a small group. I don't yeah. even think it's the entire Israeli population. 
to yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah. So, um, so you, did you like grow up like religiously Catholic or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, we went to mass every week and all oh, that yeah, sort of stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm culturally Catholic, culturally. Irish Catholic. Oh, when did when when did you stop being religiously and stuff? When being I was fourteen. Oh, 14. Yeah, I decided any religion that uh, dissed women was probably had problems, especially since I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's an, the one thing I'm kind of interested. Like, I think is kind of under addressed. And again, this is just. I'm not, I'm not saying this is the whole thing or anything like that, but it is interesting where people kind of go, oh, this isn't about religion, where if both Benjamin Netanyahu is quoting the Torah and yeah. Hamas are quoting the Quran, it's kind of like, okay, it's not only about religion. I'm not saying it's not only, but it's a bit much to I, say I this think has got, that, I think got they, nothing to do with yeah, religion. I think these those people are, those power interests are, but I think the majority of the people that are involved are actually just getting in the neck. They're being killed. Yeah. Whole families of people are being killed. Yeah, I think that is really just the issue, and that it's okay because the major powers have decided to be in lockstep about it. And I also think that Yemen's in the same boat. They've been killing all the Yemenese people, holus bolus, for what? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Why I'm are they not... doing that? I've got a Jewish Yemenite friend. He's got like, uh, and like his family went to Israel because they were sort of driven out of yeah, Yemen. that's right. Obviously, there's something in the real estate. <laughs> anyway. This Saturday morning, December 9th, Help us build a solid wall of sound for a free Palestine. The Motorcade for Palestine assembles at 8.30am at Faulkner Cemetery for a 9am departure down Sydney Road. Be there in your car with your Palestinian flags flying and tune in to Community Radio 3CR on 8.55am. Crank up your radio and wind your windows down and let's turn the whole of Sydney Road into one solid call for a free Palestine. Speakers will be announced on Instagram at renegadesolidarity.audioforce. Supported by Community Radio 3CR, Free Palestine Melbourne and Renegade Activists. And we've got Jacob Gritch on the line. G'day Jacob, how are you? Okay, Addy, how are you mate? Good, how's it going down there at Faulkner Cemetery? Well, we're just on our way there. We do, we're not gathering there till 8.30, so I'm literally just in the car. I'm not driving, but my mate Mercedes from Uprise Radio is um, is driving to Faulkner Cemetery to start the congregation. Oh, that's great. So it's a call-out, and uh, what, what are you hoping? What's it going to look like, do you reckon? Well, I mean, look, let's be honest. The weather has really done a done us a disservice. Um, it's raining here in Melbourne town, but um, the idea is to have plenty of cars with flags, flyings and signs on there, um, travelling the length of Sydney Road. Well, you know, it's, uh, it is raining, but it's gentle rain, a light rain, and uh, it'll add colour and shine, I reckon, to the event. Yeah, well, you know, no, Annie, it wouldn't stop people like us, but um, some others might be a bit perturbed by it, I reckon. 
Oh, right. Okay. But I, I, there's a very strong feeling about what's going on in Palestine over at that side of town. I've been to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And and so all, all the people listening right now, and because it's the rain might put a few people off, it's, it makes it even more incumbent and more necessary on you to come out and join us. That's right. And you, perhaps before you leave, you should download the uh, the app the uh, 3CR app and then you'll be able to uh, make sure that everything is ready for you when you go down and uh, play it on your uh, phone. Yes, otherwise you'll have to stick to the AM radio. <laughs> we'll catch up with you later when you're uh, uh, further, yeah, when you've arrived at the uh, starting point and uh, okay, see how mate. things are going. Thanks for the check-in and just get up there. We're travel- we- we'll be at Faulkner Cemetery in a few minutes' time and we're expecting to have people there with cars and just come and join the, come and join the motorcade and let everyone know that Melbourne stands with Palestine. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are, at home, work... Driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. You're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast, and uh, we're going to move on to uh, something that happened. Uh, the uh, Save Our Songlines uh, sent out a, a absolutely outrageous press release, media release earlier this week. Uh, uh, it was bre- breathtaking regulatory uh, scandal. Uh, Murayunga, traditional custodian, condemns new Nopsium as uh, a pure approval for Woodside's drilling and blasting despite federal court decision. This is uh, this uh, seismic blasting in uh, at the Burrup uh, hub for gas off the coast of Western Australia, uh, this uh, company that has been destroying uh, artworks that are probably the earliest human-made artworks in the world. This is Australia moving towards a, a, a fossil fuel-free world uh, and saving the planet, I don't think so. Uh, I actually caught up with uh, Raylene Cooper-Cooper, who is a custodian uh, who condemned the federal approval granted to Woodside, despite the fact that they'd always already won uh, injunctions at federal court level because of the lack of consultation with the local traditional owners. This is uh, what... Uh, Raylene said to me. G'day Raylene, it's Annie McLaughlin here from 3CR, how are you? Hi, how are you going now? Let me get to a quiet room, hang on. Cool. Sorry, I'm just um, out on the balcony uh, looking at the uh, beautiful Darwin. <laughs> because you're there fighting for it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, here we're to support um, the Tiwi mob, yeah, the, the federal case stuff, so... Very, very good. Yeah, except that you had very bad news about um, the Woodside um, uh, seismic testing on uh, Monday uh, today. Uh, can you tell me what's going on in your mind? How you how you reacted to the go ahead that they had for seismic testing? 
Yeah, look, extremely disappointed um, and extremely um, upset. However, more um, aggravated and irritated the fact that um, NOPSEMA, you know, our federal government still, um, after given so much um, information um, to them and information to Woodside in terms of our cultural sensitivities, our cultural aspects, um, our history, um, the sacred cities and areas, our sacred songlines, um, you know, that they would just turn around and slap us in the face, kick us in the teeth again. Basically, this is what they do. And, yep, I heard about this information Friday, late Friday night, um, and they already had the um, vessel positioned for Saturday, ready to go. Well, Friday, actually, ready to go. Um, and started the com commencement of their seismic testing come the Saturday. Um, a deliberate attempt um, from uh, government in, in terms of, um, you know, the way that they carry on with our Heritage Act, our underwater um, and the song lines that follow and flow through the water. Um, extremely, extremely, um, you know, upset about the whole situation. Um, I think that um, the Labor government, our Prime Minister, um, Anthony Albanese, um, all he's done from dot one, um, and we expect that from government because they've never been too shy to let us know where we stand in this world. And um, once again, Anthony Albanese and his government have lied straight out to the Australian people and more so to the First Nations people of this country. Well, you call it a breathtaking... they haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah, they call you call it breathtaking regulatory scandal. It's a scandal because they pretend that they're consulting, but it's a sham. Oh, of course, of course. You know, um, you don't need to be a rocket scientist and a genius to see what's going on. These um, individuals, these companies, they're arrogant, they're ignorant, um, they're biased to everything that affects them um, in any way and that impacts them. So they will fight. And our federal government and our state government, especially in Western Australia, they are the mining capital of this country, Western Australia. And they have signed away and stolen our land, our governments, our state governments. And we've seen it time and time again, especially they're off in the Kimberleys and they're off in the Pilbara region. Um, and in saying that, it is captured state. And federal government, they have done nothing more than to support the state governments of our country in Western Australia, and um, they support mining. And you know what? The funny thing is, the worst thing is about all of this is that they too have children, and they too, those individuals who are decision makers, have children or going to be or are grandparents. The one thing that they've got to realise and understand, we all share the same air and the same water. The uh, seismic blasting and the drilling for the Burrup hub, I mean, they, the, uh, you already had um, federal court rulings uh, saying that uh, they haven't done enough consultation. Um, but it, then when you go there, you find that they've uh, shared uh, sensitive information so they're, they're completely, like you said, arrogant about the cultural sensitivity of these places. That's right. And in particular, the Burrup area and the information that I've shared with them is woman's business. And they've gone and broken the one number one rule and they've shared my information and they went and shared it to men. 
and I know this for a fact, they will not give me the information who they still. I've been asking Woodside to share the information I've been asking since we've started our consultation, and that was five months ago. I'm still awaiting their information so that I can then do... Um, let them know what it is that we would like, what it is we want implemented in the environment protection that they've um, have put through forward to NOPSEMA, and yet they've gone and put all the information through without first giving me the information that I need to do to use to require the information they need. So how is that? They don't have the information from me, and yet they've gone again and done exactly the first thing. The reasons why we went to the federal court hearing to start with is because they did not consult. The second time, we've done it again. Five days after the federal court hearing, I walk out of the room halfway through the meeting because they've been so... They've just hindered my whole consultation process, and then they turn around and tell me straight to my face because I've asked them, have you given the other... Um, um, the other people or individuals the same information that I've asked for. Have you shown any of this to them? Three of the individuals that sat in that room with me said no, straight up. It was shocking and they didn't care. So at the end of the day, you don't ask for the information, uh, you don't get it. When you ask the inform for the information, you still don't get it. So at the end of the day, um, NOPSEMA have gone ahead again as federal government do because like I've always stated, the federal government and the laws of this country, all right, Woodside and those companies think and believe they are above the law. And they have basically laughed about their, um, the decision that was made in the federal court hearing and they're basically laughing in um, your honour's face. That's exactly what they've done. How disrespectful are they? Well, Absolutely. You, yeah, well, also, I mean, this is, the thing about the seismic testing is that they don't have any scientific uh, uh, safety concerns about seismic testing, which which is a completely uh, untested, uh, destructive form of. Uh, I mean, on all the environmental levels, quite besides the way they've treated uh, you guys, it's it's outrageous, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, the impacts of. There's seismic testing to our marine animals, whether it be the whales in particular, because the seismic, the seismic sonar, so when they do the, the testing, it blows a huge bit of air. The air then bounces that sonar, the no it, which we can't hear it with our human ears. It hits the bottom of the ocean. That's how, that's how they get this reading, until there's a, a point where it gets smaller and smaller or bigger and bigger. At the end of the day, they haven't done enough of this and they understand how this works. Believe you me, these companies understand how the seismic testing and all what they do work. And they understand and know of what the impacts are. All right, so at the end of the day, knowing all this, they continue to murder, all right, our sea animals. They, the, the, the sonic and the sonar waves that come and the noise, the noise or the sonar that makes from that seismic testing, it is the same decimals as the noise and the sonars that the whales use. So they are completely um, disillusioned and they lose their bearings of where they need to be at because they're hearing this, what's in the water, and it's affecting them. It actually deafens them. A deaf whale is a dead whale. 
The, as horrible as it sounds, that's exactly what it is. Well, yeah. I mean, all these people are saying, oh, you know, why are these uh, whales uh, beaching up on the sands and stuff like that and losing their... It's quite clearly it's it's this kind of interference uh, from the natural yep. environment. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it seemed, and just because you can't uh, prove it uh, with science, it's quite clear what's going on. It's only because no research is actually done. Nopsema is another thing. Nopsema is really just a rubber stamp, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. And they're completely hooked. Look, since the federal court hearing that um, was... Um, that we were successful in with, against Woodside, SOS. Um, S, uh, you can see it. For three weeks straight, Meg O'Neill hammered um, and lobbied basically um, every um, media outlet that they could. Um, that, that, that of those that listened. And at the end of the day, a lot of it was mining anyway. But in saying that, she lobbied it and lobbied it and lobbied it. Santos have come on board because they're all one big company, one big little happy bunch. All right. Um, at the end of the day, when you know the likes of um, your ministers, Madeleine King and um, Tanya Pilbersek, um, our senior ministers in federally, and they're sitting back smiling and having morning tea or breakfast with the likes of Miss O'Neill. Um, OK, where does this stand? How is it that this is allowed to happen? And yet we're sitting here, all right, asking these people for safety, protection and help from these same industries that are destroying our world. The, um, All right, so what, this is what, what's been going on. Yeah, and, and what's uh, really, you know, this business about having laws and talking about traditional custodianship and uh, protection of uh, the environment and the loss of possibly the oldest art made by humans in the world just doesn't seem yep. to stack up against the need of uh, fossil fuel industries and uh, the bank balance of the uh, Western Australian um, economy, I guess. Well, who's really benefiting from this? I mean, really, the way you've just said it, who's really benefiting from these big oil and gas companies who have agreements and who have, um, and our governments, both state and federally, um, they have a close relationship with? I mean, realistically, who's running the country? Because it ain't our government. It certainly ain't them. What's the next step for uh, for the traditional Gastonians? Because uh, as you were one, Raylene, I mean, you can't give up because this is country, right? Oh, we never give up. We're still here. Always will and always will be Aboriginal land. And at the end of the day... Um, People have come in, individuals, um, boats have come in and tried to take over. We are still here and we are still fighting for a piece of it back. Like, when is enough enough? Like, there's no more fighting now. It's about bringing people together and that's exactly what we're doing. And if they, honest to God, think um, that, you know, this here and Woodside think that I'm walking away, they have another thing coming and I'm digging my heels in further. And I'm bringing, a, bringing an army with me. Yeah, thanks for talking to me today. No worries. And um, biggest love to everybody out there and for the animals. Um, we need your support and help. Come join us for the future of everybody. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
Solidarity Bricky Team listener on a serious note again, but we don't have to iterate for we know the horrors of the devastation, the slaughter, the massacre, the genocide, and just one observation as even the sponsor of the perpetrators is concerned at the image the destruction is having for its protege Zion. A report this week under US pressure to prevent further mass casualties, Zion says it is being more precise as it widens its offensive. But they've told us for weeks how precise they are. How can they be more precise than precise? And the awful truth is they are being precise. Now, a week when the world's great fossil behemoths got together to save the planet from the world's great fossil behemoths. As the Cop That Planet Earth talk fest got underway under the auspice of an oily fossil against the background that global greenhouse emissions will rise 9% from 2010 to 2030, the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has reached 420 parts per million, the highest in 4 million years, true, and we have just had the hottest year on record. And True Blue Aussie was announced as one country whose emissions have increased in the past year. Imagine if our government didn't believe in climate change, if there is such a thing, and wasn't doing so much to address it. Now, let's rephrase that. Wasn't telling us how it was doing so much to address it. Just as seriously, as urgently as the COP that Planet Earth Secretariat, which announced that this COP that will set the tone for the next few years. Next year's COP that will set new financial ambitions, and the 2025 COP that will demand that governments ramp up their specific emission reduction goals. Demand. Two years hence. See? Urgent. And optimistic, presuming planet Earth will make it to cop that 30. But no, no, the fossils do take it seriously, as the host, the United Arab Emirates, the planet fossil minister said. We, we all have saving on our minds. We're all on this planet together, he said. You're trying to save it and we're trying to save our profits. So we have a common interest. Our very own Woodside with Profit showed it was taking it all seriously by signing a gas charter. Yet 
to show how unreasonable the non-fossils can be, a mob called Zero Carbon Analytics spat spitefully. Companies set their own emissions reduction plans and meeting targets is voluntary. There is no penalty for not meeting self-imposed goals. Lowering methane intensity will not cut emissions if productivity is still rising. Talk about ungrateful for small mercies. After Woodside and other fossils signed the charter in good faith and with even stronger good faith, announced that gas would have to be part of the energy mix until, well, until forever, or we will never be able to transition from gas. For how can we transition from gas if there is no gas from which to transition? Although after 28 cop that planet Earth, some people might have thought we could be a little bit closer to eradicating fossil emissions. Wonder why we're not. Wonder if this headline in Wednesday's True Blue Aussie Capitalist Review might provide a, a small clue. Fall in coal gas exports to crimp growth. No, no, can't be, because that would imply the great fossils regard their bottom line as more important than planet Earth. Interesting observation. Environmentalists calling for an end to fossil pollution are always described as activists, usually as a pejorative. While the thousands of fossil lobbyists and executives defending their interests are not activists, just good corporate citizens battling the activist forces of evil who don't comprehend the fragility of the delicate flower that is the economy. The compassion and humanity of fossil boardrooms, bringing us to dripping with compassion and humanity, the socialists came up with a brilliant solution to the little twin problems of the high court ruling those seeking refuge from persecution and those who have served their sentence can't be locked up for life, and the caring business class hayseed and cheap shit coalition screaming we'll all be murdered in our beds. Lock them up for three years. See? That's not life. And then lock them up for another three years. And then same result, but what brilliant legal minds they are. Raising a definition of impossible. They could make Vlad the Impaler look like a saint and caring business class supremo and would-be big supremo, Constable Peter Duffer, would still call them soft on no papers, queue-jumping, illegal boat people. See? Impossible. Bring back the death penalty and he'd still attack them for being too soft, too lenient. But given they did buckle at the knees to show they weren't soft after Pete and his team predicted murder and mayhem, accusing the government of being far, far too slow to react to the High Court's threat to our security, Pete picks up the consistency of the weak award by then attacking them for rushing the legislation. Lose-lose, a race to the bottom. There was a win-win scenario, but that would have required them to treat human beings as wait for it, wait for it, as human beings. It would therefore be hypocritical for the socialists to condemn Zion for locking up 8,000-plus Palestinians, Palestinian hostages, and throwing away the key. But we can't accuse them of hypocrisy because they don't condemn Zion. They learn from it. The opposition and the Lord Rupert of Wapping Media went into faux anger overdrive when four of the security threats were arrested, one for having a bit of pot, which, 
if it is now a lock em up for life crime, would see a few million of the true blue Aussies there terrifying locked up for life if the, sorry, the forces of law and order were equally diligent in monitoring their every move. Although we put to caring business class party deputies of Primo, Susan, Lees and Dregs, doesn't that mean 144 of these threats to our security haven't committed a crime, a, a heinous crime like breaching their curfew conditions? This shows how dubious these people are and how re- irresponsible it was for the socialists to turn them loose on society. Uh, but, but they had no choice. The court ruled the old law w- was flawed. We'll all be flawed thanks to the socialists, <laughs> Susan displayed her famous wit. The socialists had a responsibility to know that our law was not lawful. We have proof the socialists are in league with these terrorists, all 144 of them, biding their time before they take to our bedrooms and kill us all. That's terrible, uh, Susan. What is your proof? Constable Duffer and Macalia Kosh, the workers, told me. Despite this avalanche of compassion and humanity, the socialists and the coalition have not been compassionate and humane enough. We are still under threat every time a prisoner walks out the prison gates. That's the only logical conclusion to their most reasonable hysteria. Because surely the parliamentary majority would not be racist. Oh, no, no, the voice referendum dispelled any suggestion of racism, and, and they were the original true blue Aussies. This lot come from other places, alien places, seeking asylum, fleeing persecution, or alien prisoners released after serving their sentences, bringing us to the only security measure we can adopt if we're not all to be murdered in our beds. As we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, lock any person sentenced to prison up for life. It's the only logical conclusion from Pete and his team's argument, and therefore, by inference, the government argument, making us aware that people seeking asylum, fleeing persecution, pose a major security threat. Any wonder our minister for being offensive and trained killing Richard Moore's the bad guys was so effusive in the US of the UN of the US of the world with his forecast superiors stockpiling more and more products of the merchants of death to protect us from internal threats like, like refugees and alien prisoners. And of course, that threat we don't name as a threat, except when we do let slip that evil China is a threat. In the nothing-like-a-bit-of-self-promotion department, dripping with excitement headline in the Lord Rupert a whopping media, sky's the limit for news. Yes, we can cop the station's biggest names, including Andrew Bolt through the head and Peter Credibility in tatters, 24 hours a day and streaming on Lord Rupert's fax-distorted pay TV channel for $5 a month. And I thought... Most of us would be prepared to pay a lot more than that, not to have to listen to their crap. Sky's the limit. Surely it's sky's the limited. Very limited. Very, very limited. And very, very limited comprehension. Think we've fingered the problem behind these reports that students are falling behind in maths and reading skills. It, It starts at the top. The evil tertiary union claimed this week our unis owe about $160 million in wage theft and expect that figure to blow out substantially after more investigations. 
So what hope, dear little children, when even vice-chancellors and their finance experts can't even read an award and do the maths? Haven't said any reports of them inadvertently overpaying a worker, but how dumb. I reckon most of those kids they reckon are falling behind would have no trouble comprehending the award that Vice-Chancellor Zedell find so challenging. On which in the she-would-say-that-wouldn't-she department, all because the bloody socialists are talking about removing tax deductibility for donations to certain institutions like the elite of elite private schools, a barrier to their state-of-the-art facilities, they claim. Surely the donors aren't influenced by the tax possibilities involved, but the, the elite of elite Sydney's Pimbles Ladies College principal, Kate Hadwin, was aghast. Schools would not be able to provide adequate facilities without donations. All of these decisions simply layer on more costs for parents who might not be able to afford it. Oh yes, the poverty-stricken parents of Pimble Ladies College. And tut tut, Kate, bad grammar, costs plural, it's singular, setting a bad example to your ladies. But Kate, congratulations, yours she would say that, wouldn't she, award is on its way. Sorry, but it's, it's not tax deductible. Finally, true story to show how struggling those parents are, many, many, many years ago, as a young bloke holidaying on an island resort, I met a former Pimble Ladies College student who had just graduated as a kindergarten teacher. And just to give her employment prospects a boost as a graduation present, Daddy bought her a kindergarten of her own. He also hired a bodyguard to protect her from blokes like me. And given all he cared about was money, when, when she introduced us, the first thing he said was, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a journalist. And he said, I've never yet met a journalist who's got money. And I said, don't worry, your record's intact. Buy me a drink. Good morning. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. And you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast. We're on the last part of the uh, program today. Uh, we're going to uh, go to a speech that was uh, held at the uh, part of the uh, pro-Palestinian rally in Sydney. It was provided by... Uh, our wonderful uh, co-presenter at 3CR, uh, Vivian Langford. She does the um, the environment show on Monday at about 5.30 each week and um, she has been going religiously uh, to the uh, events that have been going on uh, just as they've been going on in Melbourne. And uh, if you didn't catch uh, the fabulous um, Christy Kane speech that was given last sat- sat Sunday, uh, you can go and to the podcast of uh, Green Left um, Breakfast Radio um, yesterday and uh, hear it. It was a rousing affair. Uh, it's uh, Trades Hall has called for unionists to come under their flags on Sunday at 12 to uh, the call for peace, call for peace in Palestine, uh, ceasefire, the uh, removal of the uh, Israelis from Palestine, free Palestine. Uh, We're going to hear one of the speakers um, uh, before we catch up with uh, 
Jacob, who is preparing for the motorcade this morning along Sydney Road. We'll remind you first about the motorcade. This Saturday morning, December 9th, help us build a solid wall of sound for a free Palestine. The Motorcade for Palestine assembles at 8.30am at Faulkner Cemetery for a 9am departure down Sydney Road. Be there in your car with your Palestinian flags flying and tune in to Community Radio 3CR on 8.55am. Crank up your radio and wind your windows down and let's turn the whole of Sydney Road into one solid call for a free Palestine. Speakers will be announced on Instagram at renegadesolidarity.audioforce. Supported by Community Radio 3CR, Free Palestine Melbourne and Renegade Activists. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are, at home, work, driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your app. Okay, I'm going to welcome up our next speaker now. Our next speaker is a Palestinian. Her name is Reem Burrows. She's from Haifa. She came uh, to Australia when she was 14. Please welcome Reem. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Reem Burrows. I was born Reem Turki. And I was born in Haifa, and I'm a very proud Palestinian. I do also call myself a very proud Australian as well. First, I think it's really important that we acknowledge all those leaders and journalists who stand in support of humanity. Now, I think it is, I'll repeat that, I think it's really important that we acknowledge those journalists and those politicians who who do stand on the side of humanity. For all the rest, for all the rest who are scared, for all the rest who are blind, and for all the rest who are not standing up for what's right, we are going to carry a very strong message and will continue to carry this message till freedom and peace with justice on equal terms will prevail for all Palestinians from the river to the sea. My family has always been from the Galilee region in northern Palestine. That was Jesus' hometown, Wasallam. And we are descendants of the first Christians in the world. My mother was born in Palestine. My grandmother was born in Palestine. And my great-grandmother was born in Palestine. And the lineage you can follow back generation before generation before generation. And like the first Christians from the region, the streets of Haifa and Nazareth were my playground. It was my playground and we all lived in the old 
in the old parts of the cities where Jesus as a child played and where Jesus as a man walked. There he taught people how to love. He stood up and fought for injustice. He questioned the hierarchies. He questioned division as well as rejected separation of one people from another based on faith, status, ethnicity and wealth. In our neighbourhood, he started a global movement that was based on pure love and oneness. The Nakba 1948 altered our identity. And by the time I was born, I could no longer call myself Palestinian. We lived as second-class citizens as best, at best. And we have been facing displacement and injustices that the world has denied for decades upon decades. And now fast forward to 2023, and Palestinians are still being forcibly uprooted and brutalized all over the country, from the river to the sea. Let's not forget that currently we have 2.5 million people living as second-class citizens in the 1948 borders, with 65 laws working against them directly or indirectly. We also have 5.9 million Palestinian refugees living in incredible poverty, living with no papers, no legal protection, and even though it's against international law, with no right of return, But it doesn't end there. We have 2.3 million people who are living in West Bank under what the world now knows as the harshest occupation of modern times. And every single part of their life is controlled, including who they can marry. In Gaza, we have over 2.5 million Palestinians who've been living a nightmare for decades upon decades, and now that nightmare has become a living hell. And here we are, we are watching minute by minute, blow by blow, what is happening to them, which the world has never seen before. And what are we doing? Our governments are doing nothing. Innocent people are dying with nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and they've been deprived of all essentials of life, like water, food, medicine, oil, electricity, and shelter. As a Palestinian Christian, I'm still surprised on a daily basis by the Western views of Palestinians, Palestinian Muslims, and Islam in general, as they miss the essence of our culture completely. Palestinians are Jewish, Christians, and Muslims. Our culture is rooted in coexistence. We pray together. We break fast together. We cry together. We mourn together. And we celebrate together. And hear me loud and clear here. Every time there's an attack on Al-Aqsa Mosque, while our brothers and sisters are praying during the holiest of times, it deeply pierces our hearts as well. Because Al-Aqsa Mosque is also sacred to Palestinian Christians. It is
is a symbol of our home and it's a symbol of God. Our Palestinian priests in the Holy Land have made it very clear that if the occupied forces don't allow our brothers and sisters to pray in the mosques, we will always have our doors open and call for prayers in our churches of Palestine. And once again, let's make it really clear, this is not a war. And more importantly, this is not a war on Jews against the Muslims. And in fact, this has nothing to do with interfaith issues. We demand, we demand from our leaders to stop lying. We demand it. We demand the media outlets to stop portraying it like it's an interfaith issue. Our Palestinian culture recognises and embraces all faiths and every single denomination. Islamophobia and anti-Semitism are both foreign concepts to us as they are not Palestinian and they're not Middle Eastern constructs. Every time, every single time these words are used, I shake my head. We reject the notion and demand an end to the continued attempts at dividing and demonising our people and culture for political gain. What we are seeing today is a continuation of ethnic cleansing and, and genocide. Nothing more, nothing less. As Palestinians, our language is the language of love. It's the language of love echoing the teachings of Jesus Christ and our Prophet Muhammad We are humanity-loving, God-respecting people. When Omar ibn al-Khattab entered Palestine in the 7th century, it was agreed that all religions would be respected and mosques were built away from churches and synagogues to allow people to worship freely and live in harmony. This is what it means to be Palestinian. We don't attack churches, mosques or synagogues. Yet, our places of worship have become daily targets under the current brutal occupation. To those people around the world who are lost and still defending the killing of innocent people in Gaza and their tens of thousands, I have this message for you. If you truly want to know what God wants, ask a Palestinian. Today, we are not asking for a lot. All we are calling for is an immediate and permanent ceasefire in principle. For us, it's not a time to be silent. It's a time to do what's right. We are facing a humanitarian crisis and a breach, breach after breach of international law. Our plea is so simple here. All we are asking for is to be treated equally and to stop the demonization of our people. We call for an immediate and permanent ceasefire and to put an end to the constant brutalization of the indigenous Palestinian people of the Holy Land that has been going on for over 75 years. From the river to the sea, we ask for freedom on equal terms. 
Uh, this is not just a Palestinian, uh, a Palestinian plea. This is an Australian imperative. It is time to teach our children that Australia is in the business of saving humanity. And finally, I just want to leave you on one final message. When you see me walking down the streets of Haifa, in Nasri, Akka, Shfamer, Yafa, Tabariya, Nablus, Ramallah, Jenin, Ghazi, and everything in between, you will not be able to tell if I am Jewish, Christian, or Muslim. But I can guarantee you this. I will guarantee you this. You will know I am Palestinian. And you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast, and that was a speech that was held in Sydney uh, last weekend. Um, they're becoming incredibly uh, vocal uh, as uh, the war continues. G'day, Jacob, how are you down there in um, uh, readying yourself for the motorcade? Uh, pretty good, thanks, Annie. And um, we've got about two dozen, maybe th- actually 35 cars so far outside the Faulkner Cemetery. Oh, that's good. That's really that's great. That's bad, considering how many dropouts and how many messages we've had because of the rain. Yeah, that's um, right. And we're about to head off, so people, it's not too late. Like, it's probably too late if you're in the city to come up and join us at Faulkner Cemetery, but we're going to be going the whole length of Sydney Road, so come up Sydney Road, join us at Bell Street, join us at Murray Road, join us at Morland Road, join us wherever you can. So tell my listeners what it's all about. All right. Well, the idea is um, we wanted to make a good, colourful and loud presence on Sydney Road in support of Palestine. We thought we'd do something different to the normal rallies by having a motorcade rally. Motorcades have been happening all around the world in support of Palestine with flags going and speeches coming out of vehicles. So we thought we'd take it one step further and and broadcast it through using the wonderful technology of 3CR so that we'd have the noise coming out, the chants coming out, the speeches coming out of everyone's car windows, the length and breadth of Sydney Road to show that Melbourne stands with Palestine. And, of course, that's true because we're going to be doing live broadcast. Uh, We're going to talk to you and we're going to be... uh, broadcasting uh, Palestinian voices uh, throughout the uh, morning. For the next two hours, right? Yep, for the next two hours. This is great. So um, are you? Uh, what's, what does it look like? How are you going to do it? Because I know Sydney Road's fantastic for this sort of thing because it's uh, one, <laughs> once you've got cars blocking the way, uh, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And um, look... In all honesty, we're making it up as we go along. This hasn't been done in Melbourne before, so we can't anticipate what's going to happen. But um, as even as I've been talking to you, like three or four more cars have joined the end of the queue. I'm looking out along the line now. Um, so we'll just take up as much space as we can, make as much noise as we can, and give the Palestinian people as much support as we possibly can. Okay, uh, Jacob, we'll get back to you later in the morning, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Annie. This Saturday morning, December 9th, 
help us build a solid wall of sound for a free Palestine. The Motorcade for Palestine assembles at 8.30am at Faulkner Cemetery for a 9am departure down Sydney Road. Be there in your car with your Palestinian flags flying and tune in to Community Radio 3CR on 855 AM. Crank up your radio and wind your windows down and let's turn the whole of Sydney Road into one solid call for a free Palestine. Speakers will be announced on Instagram at renegadesolidarity.audioforce. Supported by Community Radio 3CR, Free Palestine Melbourne and Renegade Activists. We've come to the end of Solidarity Breakfast this morning. Uh, the motorcade, as uh, Jacob said, you can uh, go there to Faulkner State uh, Cemetery, but they're preparing to get themselves uh, to Sydney Road so you can join at any point along that very long road. It, uh, of course, starts near uh, Royal Parade and goes all the way to Bell Street uh, up the top there. Uh, that, so uh, be part of it. Uh, listen, turn, tune in to 3CR and have your uh, windows down so that everybody else can join in as well. Uh, on the program today, we uh, talked about uh, the uh, go-ahead given to uh, Woodside to, for seismic testing at their Burrup hub in uh, Western Australia, the outrage. We uh, had, uh, this is the week that was, we heard voices from um, the student uh, it's for Palestine rally that was held on Monday. Uh, we spoke to John Saffron to find out what he thought because he turned up to that rally and uh, we had a bit of a chat as well. Uh, but uh, coming up next is the live broadcast. Before we get out of here, I will go back to Nina Simone with her great song, Backlash, because there's always a backlash when uh, the, uh, the bad guys think they've got their foot on your neck. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.